The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 26th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Guadalupe's Mexican Grill Food Made Fresh kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. Indy Football 2022, the year of the roller coaster ride. Game one was just a teaser as the Irish went toe-to-toe most of the day with Ohio State before succumbing in the second half, 21-10. For game two, the ride all but derailed as underdog Marshall took out the Irish at home, 26-21. And the Irish lost quarterback Tyler Buckner for the season. For game three, after a slow start by Drew Pine and some hard coaching by Tommy Reese, the ride picked up some momentum with a win over Cal, 24 to 17. Game four at North Carolina was an exhilarating affair as Pine threw for 289 yards and three TDs, and Audric Estime ran for 134 as the Irish outdueled the high powered Tar Heels 45 to 32. Game five in Vegas, the ride could not have been much more fun as Drew Pine continued to show a hot hand with three more TD passes. Michael Mayer proved that he is the world's greatest college tight end, and the Irish notched a win over BYU 28-20. In Game 6, the ride took an unexpected turn as another underdog, Stanford, took out the Irish 16-14. The roller coaster whipsawed players, fans, and Marcus Freeman. In Game 7, the ride went through some ups and downs, but jolted back to life as the Irish behind Logan Diggs's 130 yards dominated UNLV 44 to 21. For game eight, the ride swerved into the old carrier dome at Syracuse, and the ground game put up 246, 123 by Audric Estime, and the ride had some serious momentum. That momentum turned into a triple loop, spine tingling free fall as the Irish dominated fourth ranked Clemson 35 to 14 in game nine. Logan Diggs and Audric Estime pounded the Tigers by each going over 100 yards, and freshman Ben Morrison had a coming out party with two interceptions, one a 96 yard pick six. Game 10 against Navy included a fast and fun ride in the first half with Drew Pine accounting for five TDs and then a sudden stop in the second half as the Irish held on for a 35-32 victory in a game that wasn't over until Matt Salerno fell on a Navy onside kick in the final minute. Last week in Game 11, the roller coaster turned into the Polar Express as wind, cold, and snow combined with 437 yards of offense, three more Ben Morrison interceptions, and senior day to turn Notre Dame Stadium into a snow globe celebration as the Irish shut out Boston College 44 to nothing. This week, the wild ride continues as the 8-3 Irish barrel full speed west to take on their sixth-ranked arch rival, the USC Trojans. USC has their sights set on the college football playoff. ND is looking to derail that quest and to add one more exhilarating twist to their own 2022 season. Guadalupe's Mexican Grill, located on Illinois Road, look for new Fort Wayne locations soon. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of IrishIllustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, 
Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and refreshing Coors Light made to chill. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge-watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priester, before we talk about Notre Dame's dominant play on the field last week, Let's talk a little bit about what was going on around the game. And by that, I mean, of course, the weather. Talk about the atmosphere that really was created by that weather in the stadium. And have you ever seen anything else like it before in Notre Dame Stadium? I, you know, we've always called it Snowball. And I think you said Snow Globe, which is exactly what it looked like. It, it became like it was on TV. It became very difficult to see the action down on the field we're nine floors up so it was even even more difficult but it was it was breathtaking and then when you watch then when you see nbc's coverage and the aerial shots of the campus and the stadium it was a snow globe it was really really one of the coolest things i've seen at a football game yeah it, it kind of turned uh you know what was a nice senior day victory a dominant victory into really a raucous party for those fans that stayed uh the snow just really made it more all the more festive and tim in the waning moments now we're down on the field for the last five minutes and some fans unveiled a sign that read marcus freeman for president of the united states did you see that? Actually, I did not, Phil. Oh, I thought I saw you go over there, and then the usher said, you're not supposed to be over on this side or oh, something. Well, I couldn't I couldn't see. what he. You're right. He did tell me what it was. I went over there to see what it said because it was partially turned, and I was venturing into territory that us sports writers were not supposed to be. Uh, but he, he filled me in on that, yes. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool, and it just kind of goes to show you where uh, Marcus Freeman stands with a lot of those fans right now. I tried to get over there to take a photo. I thought that would have been a good photo. But the, I think the same usher kind of shooed me away as well. Um, well, the play on the field, of course, outstanding. The Irish scored on their first eight possessions. I feel like the offense is kind of rounding into shape. And uh, once again, the running game leading the way, 281 on the ground. But, Tim, let's talk about the passing game. Drew Pine, and, and it was a challenging day with the wins. 13-25 uh, of 25 for 156. Tim, is that, though, just about what we should – come to expect from Drew Pine the rest of the way? And is that going to be good enough to win against USC? You know, I mean, he, he as it relates to the BC game, he was 9-12 for 111 yards and a touchdown in the first quarter. 
which were absolutely the most important throws. Notre Dame built a 17 to nothing lead, and by halftime it was 37 to nothing. Now, I think the elements played into it a little bit. They started running the football. You start throwing the football more infrequently. Uh, but if you go back and look at recent weeks, that's about where he is. We, I think we could uh, – I don't have it right here in front of me, but I think we could go, you know, several weeks back, week to week, and it's right around 50%. I, I think he's capable of more than that. But obviously, we're at the end of the road of the 2022 season in his first year as a starter. And who knows if there will be a second or this will be his last year as a starter. But um, that's about who he is. I think he's better than that. I think he's capable of being closer to not not consistently like North Carolina and the BYU game. But I, I believe that he can be closer to a 60% passer. But we haven't seen it for a good month now. Well, it'd be nice to see that this week. Uh, on the positive side, certainly with Drew Pine's passing, no interceptions this past week. And I also like, we, we everybody likes the fact that Jaden Thomas and Deion Colsey uh, both have emerged and become credible threats for the Irish, uh, both of them playing well, big targets, and good blocking to go along with catching some passes. Now, Tim, on the defensive side of the ball, of course, Ben Morrison. Now, I, I'm out of adjectives. You may have one or two more, but let's just go with the facts. Three interceptions, now five on the year, more than any other freshman in the country, and fifth nationally overall. Tim, we've seen some great corners over the years. How good is Morrison, and is there a comparison to another Notre Dame player you can make? Well, yeah, first of all, his play, I mean, you look at fundamentally, he's so good. He uses his hands well. He moves his feet. He's so, you know, his first interception, he's so explosive out of his back pedal. And his second one in the end zone, you know, he turns it. Most corners aren't turning these days. They're just trying to play the man. He knows he's in phase with the receiver. So he turns it to five yard line at that point. It's it's easy pickings for him. Uh, you know, I mean, I, th- I, I thought Julian Love, his, his freshman year, really jumped out at us, but he, uh, he didn't put up the numbers that, that this guy. He's got five interceptions in the last in the last three weeks, which is just incredible. He is, you know, he's as good of a he, he's as humble of a person as he is good of a football player, so to speak. I mean, the kid is really grounded, uh, very spiritual. Learned from his dad, a former NFL player came from a great high school program he's got everything going for him including if you see a shot of him after his first interception when he turns to the bc bench and kind of shrugs and puts his arms out his arms are so long for a 6-1 football player which of course is a huge benefit for a cornerback yeah just just playing lights out now in case fans were wondering the all-time notre dame record for interceptions in a season probably not going to be threatened mike townsend i think that was 71 or 72 he had 10 in a season uh, a a remarkable number the career record for notre dame luther bradley holds the career record at 17 and 14 times in notre dame history players have uh Matched the three interception feet. Uh, Harrison Smith was the last that had done it in 2010. When when uh, Morrison did it on Saturday, I'm thinking, wow, how often does that happen? Well, of course, Notre Dame Sports Information had that number too. It's really fast. Now, Tim, a couple seniors I'd like to mention. First, let's talk about Jared Patterson. Uh, Could have headed to the NFL after last season. And a remarkable statistic I heard on the NBC broadcast. He's never given up a sack on over 1,500 snaps. What has he meant to the program, and did he make the right call to not go to the NFL? What he's meant to the program, I mean, he's just been a, a, a stabilizing uh, force up front for Notre Dame. We 
can look back now and see what a hindrance it, it was not to have him in the lineup against Ohio State. But, you know, steady in the boat. It doesn't get too excited. Got a little angry after the Marshall loss when Notre Dame fell to 0-2 and, and we saw him on the field uh, after the game. But just a, a, a mature, stabilizing presence. And as far as his decision to come back, I think it was a great one because now he's versatile. I mean, he's proven himself to be a powerful guard. He has the most experience at center. He will move on to the NFL. You know what? I would say there's a there's a 2% chance he uses his last year of eligibility. I don't expect that to happen, but I think he's ready to move on to the NFL. And he's a much more well-rounded uh, offensive lineman because of the experience of being moved offensive guard. Well, that's kind of 2% of intrigue, if you ask me, because I, uh, of course, I think like everybody would be very surprised. And 2% isn't much of a chance, but you're telling me there's a chance that would be a big boost for that offensive line next year. Another guy, similar question to Isaiah Foskey, uh, set the record on the last play of the, the first half, the career sack mark, breaks Justin Tuck's record of 24 and a half, and now Foskey with 25. Where does he stack up with other pass rushers you have covered? Well, he, I mean, he is, uh, <laughs> he's just, been, he's been so consistent the last two years. He's, I guess he started a little slowly this year. You know, he, Julian O'Quara from a couple of years ago, uh, he didn't, he didn't rack up the number of sacks, but he certainly, uh, ha- he had more quarterback pressures. That That's the guy that comes to mind right now. Recently, um, you know, Justin Tuck, of course, he held the record for 18 years and he, and he broke that record. Um, you know, I will he go on to be a, a two-time Super Bowl champ and as effective as Justin Tuck was in the NFL? I don't know about that. I kind of doubt it. I don't know that he's as explosive as as some of the guys that uh, that have been through Notre Dame. You know, Ross Browner. That's a completely different level from everybody else. But he's I, again a humble kid um, and a guy that that really he came back to win a national title. He came back to show the NFL that he could be better as a, as a run defender. But I think first and foremost, he came back for Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame to win a national title. So great respect for him, the player, and and once again, uh, the person behind the mask. Yeah, 6'5", six, six, 265, uh, uh, just kind of a freak of an athlete, tremendous, and I love his attitude. I think he, like Patterson, also made a good decision, his NFL draft stock. Uh, I think just only improved this year. Uh, Tim, 12 games now into the Marcus Freeman era. What evidence of growth as a head coach have you seen in him? Is is it something we can put our finger on? You know, I mean, we put a lot into the words that he speaks to us uh, three times a week after a game on Monday and then on, on Thursday, which we won't have the opportunity um, this week. But um, I, I think he does a tremendous job of – assessing the situation and getting back to work and learning not only from mistakes, but learning from positives. And I, and I think that that's a, there's a distinction there. And I think that's really important because I don't think that he takes anything for granted amidst successes. And uh, that's, that, that shows you a, a maturity for a young head coach and a guy that understands it's never as good as it seems. And it's never as bad as it seems. So I've been really impressed with the way that he's learned from early mistakes. I mean, let's face it. They weren't ready to play against Marshall because they had invested so much in Ohio State. And for whatever reason, they just didn't answer the bell. But 
Now we see them stringing together consistent performances, uh, the second half offensively of Navy notwithstanding. But, um, you know, he's had them ready to play. Uh, remember early in the season, they were starting slowly. They're not starting slowly now. They've scored 72 points in the first half of the last two games combined. So I think he learns from mistakes. But just as important, he learns from successes, and that's real growth. And, and that's exactly the kind of wisdom I was looking for from you, Tim. And that that really rings true when we see the progress this team has made through the season, and we see it when we speak with Freeman. And he's very glib. I mean, he's very glib. He tells he's very honest in his press conferences, and that's uh, very refreshing. Uh, not so much political, but he 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 says good things. Uh, but he is very honest with you when you ask him a question. That is greatly appreciated from the media standpoint. Tim, uh, all right, what's the latest best guess about an ND Bowl destination? Uh, still Holiday Bowl. Uh, maybe the Gator Bowl has has snuck in there a little bit as a, as a possibility. I, I would think at this stage it's, it's one of those two bowls. Uh, Holiday Bowl is played on the 28th against a representative from the Pac-12. And then the, uh, the the Gator Bowl would be played on the 30th in Jacksonville um, against a representative from the SEC. So, um, you know, I, I think San Diego on December 28th is a warmer climate than Jacksonville on December 30th. But I think both would be challenging. Notre Dame could play somebody like Utah or UCLA in the Holiday Bowl, and then you could be looking at, uh, you know, Kentucky, South Carolina, Florida, although Florida lost to Vanderbilt, but 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 uh, teams along those lines. Okay, uh, I also another team, uh, South Carolina, who beat Tennessee this week, would have been bandied yeah. about as an opponent in that Gator <laughs> Bowl. Um, we'll see. Uh, either works for me. As I've said, my qualifications all season long: warm place to go and. Nice airport. Now, Tim, Notre Dame basketball has gotten off to a nice 5-0 and start. Give us a quick rundown on the prospects for Mike Bray's Irish this season. I think they I think they chose a fairly challenging start to the season. Most people look at names and say, oh, that's a, that's a walk. But I don't think that's true. I think they've played some athletic teams that have challenged them. They're 5-0. and um, They struggled with Bowling Green um, on Tuesday night, but but we're great down the stretch of that game. Offensively, they're very good. They're going to be better when they get Marcus Hammond back from a from a knee strain. Defensively, wow, they've got some problems there. Those won't be e- easy to solve. Rebounding will be a challenge at times. The one positive about the defense is that uh, Anthony Solomon, their assistant coach, was hired back for the third time to focus – on defense. So you know that that's something that will be stressed on a regular basis. They'll get better as they go along, but physically they're just a little bit limited uh, defensively and rebounding. Okay, well, high expectations nonetheless. Mike Bray has a team that hopefully can make some March madness noise in a few months. And finally, one quick hit, Tim. How many games have you covered in the Coliseum in Los Angeles? Well, I was 26 years old for my first one in 1986, and we missed the COVID year of 2020. This will be uh, game number 18 in the Los Angeles Coliseum. I'm looking forward to, to it. The, the, it. The place has gotten a facelift, and it needed it very badly. It's an old venue, 
Uh, so looking forward to visit number 18. The historic Coliseum in L.A. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero. Key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 381st edition of Fighting Irish Preview. This is Art Salzburg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Sharon McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much-needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Sharon McCulloch comes in with a full-service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Sharon McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Sharon McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus their AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Sharon McCulloch. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. Marcus Freeman was named Academic All-Big Ten during his playing days at Ohio State, and he earned a master's degree in sports management from OSU in 2011. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment. Made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview, the number 15 Irish Take on the number six Southern Cal Trojans this week. TV coverage on ABC starts at 7.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero. Brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Master Craft, and Premier Pontoons, new and previously owned, we share your boating passion. And this year, we're focusing on the fighting Irish quarterbacks since 1988. So far, Tony Rice, Rick Meyer, Kevin McDougal, Ron Paulus, Jarius Jackson, Brady Quinn, Jimmy Clausen, Tommy Reese, Everett Golson, Deshaun Kaiser, and this week, Ian Book. Ian Book was a bit of an afterthought in the 2016 recruiting class. Three-star rating out of California, he originally was a commitment to Washington State, but flipped in August of 2015 to Notre Dame. Nothing about his recruitment foreshadowed the impact he would go on to have at Notre Dame. He redshirted in 2016 and then dueled with Brandon Wimbush in the spring of 2017. He arguably outplayed Wimbush in the blue-gold game that year, but Wimbush won the job, and it would take not one but two coming-out parties before Book would get the full-time quarterback job. Book saw action here and there in the 2017 season as the Irish rolled to a 9-3 regular season record and a Citrus Bowl berth against LSU. That game was scoreless with two minutes left in the first half, and Brian Kelly was looking for a spark. 
Book went in, played well, and with 128 remaining and the Irish trailing 17 to 14, he found Miles Boykin along the sidelines for a 55-yard touchdown pass. A Notre Dame moment, and the Irish were Citrus Bowl champions. That was coming out party number one. Despite those heroics, Wimbush kept his job as the starter in 2018, and the Irish started that season 3-0. But the Irish offense needed a boost, and in the fourth game of the season at Wake Forest, Book was again handed the keys to the offense. He responded with a 325-yard passing effort and accounted for five touchdowns as the Irish rolled to a big victory. Coming out party number two, another big success, and now the quarterback job was Book. With Book running the offense, 2018 saw the Irish roll to an undefeated regular season and the college football playoff. For the year, Book put up excellent numbers, 68% passing, good for 2,628 yards and 19 TDs. 2019 was more of the same. Lots of wins, 34 more touchdown passes, and over 3,000 yards. In the 2020 pandemic season, Book tossed another 15 TDs, against just three interceptions, and for 2,830 yards, again leading the Irish to the college football playoff. At one point, Book threw 266 consecutive passes without an interception. For his career, Book was also very effective as a runner, scoring 17 touchdowns and gaining 1,518 yards on the ground. Ian Book's most impressive stat, however, was winning. In that category, he compiled a record of 30-5, and five, making him the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history. Tim, we've now had a couple of years to look back on it. Where is Ian Book's place in Notre Dame football history? I don't know where I can slot him, Phil, but I do want to say that I was, I was convinced he was the right guy when he made the start at Wake Forest after displacing uh, to displace Brandon Wimbush. And, and uh, I thought he was so sharp that day. I, I was convinced that was the guy they needed moving forward. You know, he didn't he didn't throw the deep ball particularly well. And there were times across the middle looking over the the, the line that he had difficulty seeing them the middle of the field. But he was, I mean, he was a well-rounded quarterback that could run it and throw it. I think there were times when he would take off on third and eight and get the first down that, like it like it was a disappointment that he didn't throw it, um, you know, to, in the view of the fans. But he was resourceful as a thrower, as a runner. And the 30 wins, I know that sometimes quarterbacks get a little too much credit for that. But he found ways to win football games. I, I, I thought Ian Book was a real quality college football quarterback. No, no doubt about it. 30 and 5 is all you need to know about Ian Book the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history, also a two-time team captain. He holds a place among the top five quarterbacks in the Notre Dame record books in 29 game, season, or career record categories. Ian Book, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. USC is 10-1. and They were one-point losers back in Week 7 to 20th-ranked Utah. Last week, they outlasted number 16 UCLA 48-45. Four and eight a year ago, first-year head coach Lincoln Riley brought in 26 transfers in the offseason and has rapidly turned around Trojan football fortune. 
The Trojan identity becomes clear when looking at just two national ranks, number two in total offense at 513 per game and 94th in total defense, giving up 405 per game. At the top of the big group of transfers is quarterback Caleb Williams. Williams is a 65% passer and has thrown for an impressive 3,480 yards and 33 TD passes against just three interceptions. Williams is also a strong runner, having gained 316 yards and scored seven TDs. He has been sacked 21 times, a shade under twice per game. The Trojan running attack averages 182 per game, and until a couple weeks ago was led by Oregon transfer Travis Dye, who suffered a season-ending injury. Next man up has been Stanford transferred Austin Jones. Against UCLA, Jones ran for 120 yards and two TDs. Catching the football from the impressive Williams has been a large group of whiteouts, including five who have at least 300 yards and two TDs. Junior Jordan Addison looks to be the best of the lot with 765 yards, eight TDs on 51 catches. Against UCLA, Addison went off for 178 yards, on 11 catches. Defensively, the Chodrons have given up plenty of yards and points, but they've been complementary to their high-powered offense. The Trojan defense has forced 25 turnovers, providing lots of extra possessions for their offense. Transfer linebacker Shane Lee was a 13-game starter at Alabama, and he leads USC in tackles at 65. Last year's leading pass rusher, Tuli Tui Pilatu, is back at it this year. He has 11 and a half sacks on the year. The Trojans look to be most vulnerable against the run. They are 102nd nationally in rushing defense per carry average at 4.57 yards. Several of the USC special teams have not been very good. They're 111th in punt return defense, 99th in net punting, and 77th in kickoff return defense. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? Well, Phil, I'm looking forward to seeing Caleb Williams in the L.A. Coliseum standing on the sideline, and I think that's really key to Notre Dame's uh, victory here. Notre Dame has to have the Clemson blueprint. You, You have to run the football. You've got to possess the football. You need to win the time of possession and keep Caleb Williams on the sideline as much as you possibly can. That was the Clemson blueprint. Uh, unfortunately, USC's offense and Caleb Williams is more explosive uh, than Clemson's offense was. But the more the Notre Dame can keep him on the sideline, run the football, run the clock, the better their chance of winning this football game. Okay, run that clock, win the time of possession, keep Caleb Williams on the sideline. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Well, if you look at USC's games this year, they've struggled defending tight ends recently in particular. Uh, Last Saturday, Michael Iziki only caught four passes, but three of them went for touchdowns. When they lost to Utah, Dalton Kincaid, a really excellent tight end for for the Utes, caught 16 passes for 234 yards and a touchdown. You see where I'm going here, Phil? I Michael think- May is going to have a big game. Notre Dame's going to run the ball. Their running game is going to have uh, is going to have success. But Michael Mayer is going to have a big game against USC. Okay, the world's greatest college football tight end, Michael Mayer. He is your Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish this week. 
Aspen Mortgage. For all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report. Brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 22 Indiana locations. Tim, how are the Irish health-wise heading into the regular season finale? And we know about one guy, and that's Cam Hart. Yeah, let me name the guys that that will be back from last week. Three of them with ankles. Brandon Joseph, Isaiah Foskey played, but he, he twisted an ankle. And so did Mitchell Evans, who's become key at tight end with Michael Mayer. Uh, they're back. Jason Adamalola is back, having come uh, out of a concussion. I don't expect Cam Hart to be able to to do a whole lot this week, and that's that's a tough break for Notre Dame because it's all hands on deck at cornerback. And Cam Hart, of course, has been a mainstay. Tobias Merriweather has been out with concussion; uh, has been in concussion protocol. And I would say that he's still doubtful for this weekend. Okay, uh, but for Cam Hart, a pretty good report. Thanks, Tim. That is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction. Brought to you by SES Environmental. Need help navigating environmental risk and with regulatory compliance? You need SES. Look them up at sesadvantage.com. Tim Priester. Vegas says the Trojans by four and a half. What does America's foremost authority say? Well, the, the toughest time I have in, in picking Notre Dame is when I look at the quarterback matchup because I think Caleb Williams is sensational and, and Drew Pine has struggled. Um, so, you know, obviously Notre Dame has to run the football. They have a huge advantage here. I, I think it's a it, it's potentially a 200 to a 250-yard rushing game for Notre Dame. They need that. Uh, Caleb Williams, again, keep him off the field. He's got a bevy of wide receivers from which to choose. Uh, you know, I think it's, you know, you look at the over-under line, it's a high-scoring game. Notre Dame is now a five-and-a-half-point underdog. I think Notre Dame's going to go out to the Los Angeles Coliseum and win this football game. I have Notre Dame 31, USC 28. Well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> because, Tim, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Notre Dame is playing well right now. Uh, USC has expended, a, you know, I, I look at the fact that they expended a lot of emotional energy against their rival last week, UCLA. And I'm saying Notre Dame's culture wins out in this game. I'm also picking the upset by the identical score. Notre Dame 31, USC 28. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media.